Are you all ready to get in the word of God today? I got a word for you. Do you want it? I got a word, and I believe if you take it and you hold on to it at the beginning of this year, that it's going to really transform your life. How many of you just love the word of God? It's just, you, you know, you're hungry for it. It's not like I have to read it. It's that I get hungry and this fills me. Can we just have a big meal together today? We're just going to have a big banquet together. Don't you love big meals? I went to Bray's wedding, and I was like, I cannot wait to eat. I love the whole wedding ceremony, but the food is what I'm here for. <laughs> it's a beautiful wedding. Uh, by the way, uh, this is probably live already. If you want to share this and get the word out, it's not to get the word out for our church. It's to get the word out, period. And we believe that God, when people hear the word of God, it changes them. And so uh, there's nothing sharper than the word of God. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. So when people hear it and they're bombarded with the word of God, they have to change. How many of you know that God's in the redemptive business? And so I want to encourage you to share that because I believe that God uh, really wants, I, I believe God would be on social media. I believe that Jesus would be like, you know, he'll probably be like, um, sharing the gospel through social media. Am I, am, am I with you today? Are you with me today? I believe that uh, it's a tool that, that can be uh, detrimental, but it can also be very uh, good to get God's word out. How many of you want to use it for God's kingdom? Let's, uh, let's look at Psalms, Psalms 37.4. Psalms was written, written by David. Don't you love the story of David? David, everybody can relate to David because David started out as a shepherd. And he started out as somebody that was just faithful with a, a little. And then God anointed him and called him to be king, but it didn't happen overnight. God had to stretch David and build his character. Any of y'all, God needs to build your character. And we can relate to, we can relate to David because he's not just a shepherd. He, uh, he's also a king. He's also a priest. And he's also uh, overlooked. And so uh, David has this um, uh, collection of books in the Psalms that we hear the heart of David. God uh, loved David so much that he actually uh, identifies himself with David. And he says that the house of, or Jerusalem, it's the, it's, the, it's the house of David. And he, he even uh, talks about the seed of David. And, and something about David, he wasn't perfect, but he was after one thing. He was after Jesus. And when we hear his Psalms, we don't see a perfect person. We see somebody that goes through things. And, uh, but we know that God called him somebody that was after God's own heart. How many of you want to be after God's own heart? I mean, you can have a lot of things written on your tombstone, but something, ha you, have to, you have to be a special person to say this person was just after God. They were just after God. And God has a way of um, chasing after us, and when we see him, we live a life that's chasing after him. And uh, I just love the story of David. He, he tells us this truth in Psalms 37 Four that's just very significant. It's very profound. It says this, take delight, say delight, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord and he will, he will 
give you your heart's desires. You know, a lot of times we have this backwards. We think that if we get our desires met, then we can delight. But God says, no, 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 I'm, this is the kingdom, I'm reversing it. Delight and you'll get your desires. Well, I'll be happy when God moves or I'll be happy when God answers my prayer. God's saying, no, I want you to delight and then your prayer is going to be answered, right? So God is teaching us something here. When I hear the word desire, when I hear some, a word desire, I automatically think of vision, I automatically think of vision because if you really desire something, you've already seen it. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. If you desire to get married, you've thought about getting married. The girls, they can picture the wedding dress. They can picture the groomsmen, the bride. They can picture everything. Why? Because they have a desire. Your desire is connected with your vision. Your desire. When Adam and Eve... They desired the forbidden fruit. They saw that fruit. They they imagined eating that fruit before they ever ate it. Are you with me? We are uh, made with this beautiful ability to imagine it could either put us in the purpose of God or it can bring us in destruction. And God gives us this this ability and and, and, ability. David gives us, uh, he gives us these keys. He says, if you delight in the Lord, then you will have all of your heart's desires, the things that you dream about, the things that you really desire that are lined up with God. I'm going to give them to you. You know, God is a God that really, he, he, he wants you to look for the steps. He's kind of, he likes to have fun with you, right? He, he likes to have fun. You, have you, when you were little, did you ever look for like Easter eggs? You know, a good father is not going to get an Easter egg and bury it like six feet underground and say, look for it. I hope you find it. You know what I mean? No, he wants to have fun. He wants to have fun with you. So he puts things out. He says, okay, uh, this is going to be fun. You're going to end up with a, with a basket full of uh, Easter eggs, but I want you to go searching for it. And so God gives us, sometimes he'll give us where we are now. He gives us where we are now and what the end's going to be, but the middle is a journey. The middle is a journey. God wants us to seek after him and, and find these things and live this life. And, and it's a journey with God. And so even with Abraham, he, he says, listen, he says, wherever you walk, wherever you tread your foot, I'm going to give it. He says, lift up your eyes and see where you're going. But Abraham had no clue about the middle part. And so uh, God gives us this insight that your vision is connected with your delight. Your vision is connected with your delight with God. It's the beginning. If you start here, you're going to get vision. If you start with delighting in God, you're going to get vision. How many of you want to delight in God? See, delighting in God, delighting in God, that that word delight is is very uh, important because because God wants us to enjoy him. Right? Right? God wants us to enjoy who he is. If we don't enjoy who he is, then uh, we're skipping a step in asking him for stuff. If we're not enjoying God, we're skipping steps. God is a God of order. He, he brings us through steps. And, and, and he says, listen, the first, the prerequisite of your vision, getting vision, seeing what God wants to do with your life, First, you got to throw everything away, and you just got to enjoy me. 
You say, well, you know, I don't really understand what a vision is. The Bible says something very clear. It says that, that those without vision, those that don't see where they're going, those that don't have a word from him, those that don't see the end from the beginning, their life becomes destructive. See, a lot of Christians that live in secret sin, it's the, sometimes it, the sin is because they're a Christian, but they have no vision. And so we find ourselves as Christians going back and living the old life because we haven't found out who God was, enjoyed him, and entered into vision. And a lot of times we, 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 uh, we, we live a life that uh, doesn't line up to who we want to be. And we have to say, what am I living for? What is the big picture? I guarantee you that God has a bigger picture for your life than you have for your life. And the secret of the beginning of the year is to say, if I want a great year, then I'm going to have to envision my year. If I want a great life, I'm going to have to envision my life. Am I right about it? Listen, you are where you are because of you. And God, maybe you've gone through things that, that doesn't make sense. God uses those things, and he challenges us to dream so that we can be co-laborers with God and begin to enter into our divine purpose. How many of you know that we all have a purpose? We all have a purpose, and God has a word. See, right now you're thinking, man, see, people get under pressure. Man, I got to get a vision. I got to get a goal. I got, man, man what am I going to do? What, what's my... Uh, What's my New Year's resolutions? Where am I going with my life? Maybe I'll write some random thing. Oh, yeah, this looks nice. I'm going to write this down. Maybe losing 20 pounds. Yeah, this looks nice. Maybe a promotion. Oh, yeah, that looks good. All forgetting the first part of getting your desire is to delight. It's to delight. So we rush to resolutions without getting God's revelation. We rush to things that we want without getting alone with God, enjoying God. I believe many Christians, many Christians just have forgotten how to enjoy God. They forgot about it. We, we forgot how to delight. We forgot how to delight in God. You know why we don't delight in God? You know why we don't enjoy God? See, think of that word delight. There's nothing heavy about that. There's nothing heavy about delight. There's even the word light in it. It is, it is free. It is light. Enjoying God. Enjoying God. See, we see God in a certain way sometimes that, that he might be that way, but he's not always that way. And, and, and the word delight, why do we not delight in God? We don't delight in God because we have distractions. We don't delight in God because we have distractions. Why do we let things distract us from the creator of the universe? Because we haven't really seen who he is. Because if we really seen who God is and we're passionate about him, we wouldn't allow any distractions. Come on, you know what it's like when you were in love. When you first got in love with your wife, you, you, you didn't want to hang up the phone. I heard of a couple, they use FaceTime and they're like, they, they, they've got both of each other, they're about to get married, they've got each other on FaceTime until they fall asleep. I think that's crazy, but hey, I didn't have FaceTime when, <laughs> when we were dating, so I don't know. But, but, but all I know is when, when you really love somebody, there's no distractions. 
You see, the problem, we, we say kids, they can't, uh, they can't concentrate. They have ADD. No, they're distracted because they're not passionate about what they're learning. Now, I know that, that we all guys can have a short attention span. I'm not saying that there's not a disorder. I'm saying that we're distracted when things are important for th- important things because we would rather do something else. Listen, every person that doesn't motivate themselves to learn in school, they all have ADD. The teacher's talking and you're thinking about something you want to do. Come on, somebody. And we got some ADD Christians where you go in to pray and you have good intentions, but all of a sudden you get a phone call. All of a sudden you think, well, let me just check Facebook to get any kind of, maybe God's speaking to me on Facebook. Maybe there's some kind of, somebody wrote something and, you know, I can get inspired. Maybe, uh, maybe Twitter or maybe uh, Instagram. And we, we, we've got all these options. we got all these options and, and we get distracted from the main thing. And the main thing, and, and, and I want to watch what I say, the main thing is not to get in prayer and become just a prayer warrior. You're going to war for God. That's good. There's time for that. There's also prayer when you enjoy God. <laughs> Anybody like movies in here? You like movies? I love comedians. I, love, I, I just love comedians. They make me laugh. I, I, you know, uh, uh, if you would say, who, who's your favorite person to watch? I would say, uh, I love Will Smith. I love Will Smith because he's diverse, right? He can be hilarious. He can play a serious role. I love Denzel Washington. I mean, I love that guy. That guy, I mean, every time he says, my man, I think I'm going to say my man for the rest of my life. My man. It's just he's, everything he does is, is cool, you know. He, 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 you see these people that have these gifts and talents, and you got to know that the thing that you like about them came from God. Can we think about that for a minute? The thing that you love about your favorite comedian, he's funny, he's lighthearted. Guess what? That came from God. Do you ever see God that way? Do you ever see God as funny? I think he's hilarious. He's hilarious just the simple fact that he's using us. God has a sense of humor. Am I right about it? God is light. There's a guy that I don't like. An actor. I'm not trying to bash him. I just don't like him. Who is it? Keanu Reeves. I can't stand. Listen. I, I mean, he's good. I know he has a good story, but he's always so serious, and he can only play serious roles. And and and, and there's something about about Christians. They get in the mindset that God is always serious. I'm gonna go into prayer, and I need to be serious for Jesus because he's serious. You know what religion is? See, God is serious. But he's not always serious. See, the problem with religion, this is the problem with religion. We see a facet of God and we hold on to it and we don't look at any other facets of God. That's what religion is. See, is God that way? Yes, but he's not always that way. And we build this idol of who we think God is because of a revelation. See, people are living in the past because they're holding on to what they've seen God to be and won't open themselves up that God is much bigger than your little box. God is bigger. God is greater. He's the creator of the universe. He wants to be your friend. He wants you to delight in him. He doesn't want you to think that just being with him is a serious matter and you better get down to business. 
No, as a matter of fact, if you look at the Gospels, Jesus is lounging with sinners. What is this? Church people hated it. See, because church people in that time, I say church people, the Pharisees, the people that knew the law backwards and forwards. See, God has an order and God's heart is the law. But they weren't willing to let go of what they knew and open themselves to something different that God is. It's not that he didn't, he wasn't a part of the law. He was, but they couldn't open themselves up that now the Messiah is on the scene and grace has invaded earth. They couldn't open up, so they missed God. And I think if we're always looking behind of who we thought God was at one time, then we'll get stuck in a rut because he's much bigger. He's much bigger. And so the Pharisees that keep the law, don't touch anything unclean and don't hang out with this and all the the laws, they see Jesus lounging with sinners. Lounging. Lounging. Hanging out. Hanging, am I, hanging out with the lost. I don't believe that Jesus was lounging, just being serious. Have you ever been around lost people? They don't want to be around serious people. They want something light. Come on, somebody. Jesus, I believe that he has a sense of humor. Why? Because his very nature is joy. Have you ever seen a joyful person that doesn't laugh? It's weird. They're just... Yeah. They would just be like the Burger King uh, mascot, you know what I mean? The weird guy that's just, no, God, is, God laughs. God is joy. The Bible says that a man that doesn't have joy, they, they lose their strength. And a lot of people burn out on Christianity because they see one facet of God. And they don't move to the new thing that God is. Let me encourage you this year, begin to see God as a little different the Bible says that God wants to be your friend. I, I enjoy some serious friends, but I like friends that, that they can have a little bit of fun. I enjoy somebody that I can talk to and converse with. If God is your friend, then why do you go to him as he's just a commanding officer? He is a commanding officer, but he's not just a commanding officer. I love that I, I have, I, you know, I have a great relationship with my father. I, I, I love working with him. He's a very successful businessman. And uh, I love, we, we have to do business together. But what I enjoy the most about our relationship is that we can lounge. We can laugh. We can talk about things. We can enjoy each other. Now, I know there's going to be a time for business. Same thing with my father-in-law. I love hanging out with my father-in-law. He's got, we, there are things that we have to get down to business. But I love to laugh. I love to play cards. I love to enjoy. That's what relationships are. God doesn't want you to enter a relationship that's a dud. It becomes a dud when we see God as a dud. We make an idol. No, there's, a time, there's time for business. But, but, but don't, get, don't start the new year and say, where's, where's my checklist? What's my goals? Goals are important. We need them. But first, I need to delight. First, I need to delight. Abraham was called the friend of God. How cool is that? And God is not a respecter of person. We can be a friend with God. You know what I love about friends? You know, you know, friends, they open up. They tell secrets. You might say, secrets don't make friends. I think they do. 
<laughs> not about other people, but by your, with yourself, right? See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up. I'm going to share with you. Abraham was so close to God, God had to say, man, he's, he knows me. I, I'm going to have to share with him who I am and what I'm doing because he's going to know something's up. It seemed like Abraham enjoyed God. It seemed like Abraham had this fun relationship with God. Let me ask you, do you have that? Do you have that just, are you stuck in a rut? Let me, let's just be honest. Are you just, uh, I, did you get saved 20 years ago in the way that you saw 20, God 20 years ago? Uh, it's true. You should never let that go. But you refuse to look at anything else? This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30. It says, are you tired, worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Wait a second. God doesn't want you to rest. Wasn't he in the boat sleeping when the storm came? See, we see all these, we see all these uh, Hollywood moments that when God does something, it's like the earth stood still and the clouds open and there's like an orchestra and God is so serious uh, about deliberating his, his mighty miracles. It, it's, it, I don't believe God was like that. Like, I believe there were some serious moments. But I believe God was just loving people and saying, hey, get up, you're healed. Get up, come on, come on. God loved people. We, we see these scenes, these Hollywood scenes that, you know, like you hear the serious music. No, God just loved people. He just loved, he loved people, man. He loved people. Someone was, was, was getting attacked by a demon. We, we see like what we see on TV, like the exorcism, you know what I mean? Like the, like, like the throwing the crosses and this. He's like, get out, get, get out, get out. Come on, come on, follow me. Come on. We're going to talk. He was, a, he was a friend to sinners. He loved people. He had the best personality because he's God. He's God. This is, what he, this is what he goes on to say. Listen, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Come on, somebody. I mean, we can take that and go home. Why are you feeling so heavy? Like Christianity is a heavy thing. Listen to what he says. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. <sighs> That's our Jesus. Not religion. Not just get it done. God will make you get it done. He'll show you how to get it done. But it will be from a grace. It will be from a delight. It will be with freedom. I'm just, I'm just glad that I serve a God that is interested in me. You need to laugh with God sometimes. You say, that's crazy. Well, you're kind of crazy if you believe in Jesus. You need to laugh with him. You need to talk to him. He needs to be your, your, your first friend. Jer- Jeremiah says, listen, if you go to him, he's going to show you some secrets. Secrets about you and secrets about your future. But we have to go and enjoy him. Amen. I just love, I love Jesus. I love Jesus because he didn't come to just judge me. He didn't come just to take care of business with me. He came 
to love me. Love is a very powerful, powerful thing. God loves you. We have to start getting the definition of love and seeing God in that way. What is love? Love is patient. Love is kind, right? Love doesn't keep any record of wrong. Am I right? Love, love, love is good. Why do you think God's not patient with you? There's somebody in here today. You've been going to church here for a long time, but you think God's done with you because of something you did. He's not done with you. He's just started. He's not done with you. Well, maybe I missed out on God. No, no, no. We never fail tests. Come on, somebody. We learn from tests when it comes to God. We just learn. We're disciplined learners. If you're never failing, then you're never following after God. See, when we delight in God and we see who he is and we enjoy him, when we enjoy God, that is when we come into purpose. It is after that that we come into this, man, God wants to use me. See, see, God has a great purpose for you. Let me ask you a question. Everybody knows the story of blind Bartimaeus. Everybody knows the story of him, right? He's a blind guy. He's sitting on the side of the road. He has a cloak. He hears that Jesus is coming by. He begins to shout out to God. People are trying to tell him to be quiet. Jesus said, hey, go get that guy. They go get the guy, and Jesus says, what do you want? He says, I want to see God heals him. Now, let me ask you this. Why did blind Bartimaeus go to Jesus? Why was blind Bartimaeus calling after God? Well, at first, it seems like he's calling after God because he wants to see. But if you read later on in the scripture, you see that after he sees, he's following after God. See, his why, his why became before his what. What do I mean by that? He wanted to follow, he wanted to see so he can follow Jesus. I know that because when he got healed, he followed Jesus. He didn't just want to see. He had a purpose. He wanted to follow Jesus, and when he got healed, he followed Jesus on the road. I've seen many people get healed and then leave God. I've seen many people come to God. They, they come to church for certain reasons. Well, if I come to church, I'll get a girlfriend. If I come to church, I'll be, I'll get a, maybe I'll get a husband. Maybe, maybe, maybe this thing that I'm going through, if I go to God, maybe if I ask God, and, and God is like this spiritual Santa Claus, but if we start with that, we don't start with light, delight, and go into this thing that everything I want is for the purpose of God. We get everything twisted. Why are you, why are you here? If, if it's, I know people that choose churches because they think certain churches are better for networking. How idiotic. How stupid. The reason why I want to see is because I want to follow. Why do you want what you want? You might have a whole big list of things that you want. You want a big house. You want a big promotion. You want a big this. Maybe if I go to God, maybe he'll just do something for you. Why do you want it? James says the reason you're not getting what you want is because you haven't figured out your why. You just know what you want you got to figure out your why. I want what I want because I want to follow Jesus. 
I want what I want because I'm so delighted in him. I'm so delighted in him that I want what he wants. See, when you start hanging out with God, you start wanting what God wants. When you start enjoying God, have you ever hung out with somebody and, and, and all of a sudden you have a different laugh? You're like, where did that come from? Am I right about it? Mariah hung out with somebody in, Mariah, uh, in Miami. She started talking like she was from Miami. I knew who she was hanging out with. She didn't have to tell me. She had like some kind of English accent, Spanish accent. It, 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 it wore off because they haven't been hanging out. But it was not a bad thing. You're going to start laughing like your friend. You're going to start wanting things like your friend. You know, their interests rub off on you. And when you start delighting in God, you start wanting what he wants. And so purpose, purpose, purpose. What is your purpose? Your purpose is people. So now that I'm delighting with God, I'm not saying, okay, what God, what can you do uh, for me? I'm saying, God, God, I want to I be like you. So the purpose of my life is very simple. Jesus, lay, he lays it all out for us. He says, listen, let's sum this all up. Let's get rid of all the fluff. Love me with everything and love people as yourself. And so before I ask for a list of things, I got to see if the things line up with my purpose. I need to delight in him and see what he wants, what he likes, what he enjoys. It's going to rub off on me, and now I know that my whole life, my whole life is for him. How many of you gave your life to God? I can get somebody to come and play. Your whole life now is for people. Now you enter into this this purpose. Your, your purpose is people. And, and there's something that's significant when, when you are spending time with God, you start to like the things that God likes. You start to like people. Some of you just need to start enjoying people. You know, enjoy the person at the cash register. Quit getting mad at the person at McDonald's. They, have a, they had a hard day. Start enjoying people. There's treasure in people. Jesus didn't walk around and just say, they're an idiot, they're stupid, they need help, they are the, no, he, he walked around and he enjoyed people, he just enjoyed them. And so when you hang out with God and you delight in God, see the disciples weren't like, you know what, he said, we need to be fishers of men, so we're just going to be militant followers. They were, but they saw Jesus come out and love people and it was fun. I mean, Jesus and his disciples crashed a wedding party. Come on, somebody. It was fun. See, see, a lot of see a lot of you are trying to get people to love God, and you have this big sign out. You know, I, I'm not. I don't have anything wrong with having bumper stickers or, or shirts like "Come to Jesus" or, or uh, you know, some, you know, cliche uh, word. I'm not all about that. See, because if you're in a hot area in a park you can see the sign that says we have ice cream and 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 you can look over it but when you see somebody getting in the middle of the park when you're hot licking a ice cold ice cream you're thinking i need that people need to see your love for them they don't need to see your militant obedience I believe we're going to see God in a new way. I believe we're going to laugh this year more than we've ever laughed. 
I believe we're going to enjoy people to a degree that we've never enjoyed them, and it's going to be so fun. We're going to enjoy them so much that when they open up and hurt, we're going to just like Jesus say, listen, God's going to heal you. God miraculously touches them, and, and they enter into a family. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It is a delight. It's a delight. Jesus is a delight. We enter into this purpose, and and then we find, we start to find passions, you know. Before, you weren't passionate about your job. Now you're passionate because you understand that God is able to use the small things. God says, you want to you do, do fun things, just give me what you got. Give me what you got. Jesus is about to feed 5,000 people, and he finds somebody with a couple of fish, a couple pieces of, of bread, and, and he uses the little to do a lot. And you, see, see. You start to bring your purpose in your job. You start to bring your purpose in your family. You start to bring your purpose in that organization that you're about. It's not about doing a whole bunch of things. Don't ever take the purpose hat off because it's who you are. Well, you know, I, I, I witness on Tuesdays, but on, on, on Wednesdays I, I hang up. No, no, no. You are purpose. You're a walking purpose to win the loss, to love people. It's who you are. It's who you are because it's who Jesus is, and Jesus lives on the inside of you, and he's walking with you, and he's working with you, and he's saying, hook up with me. So I don't go to work and say, I just got to put on my work hat. No, I go to work because I have a purpose. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden your delight turns into purpose. Now it turns into passion. I have a passion about the little bit I got because I know God can use a little bit. God is an expert at using a little bit. Give me your life. Don't try to keep your life or you'll lose it. You give it away, you're going to gain life. There's going to be a, a real life. What is this life? It's, a, 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 it's like the wind of God. It's that kind of life. This life with God, you're going to gain life. You're going to gain this fun, exciting life. Jesus is just saying, give me what you got. See, and then... Then you start to dream, and I'm going to end with this. We're going to end. You start to dream, man, because you think, what can God do with the little that I got? What can God do? Because he doesn't work with just people that has just everything. As a matter of fact, he challenges them more. Like, good luck getting in the kingdom of heaven. So give me the little talent you got. Give me the little hobby that you got. Give me the little work that you got. And I'm going to begin to do miracles with that. And so our life, our life, not just one segment of our life, but our life in total, we say, man, this is my purpose. This is my passion. I'm falling in love with my job again because I'm here for people. I'm falling in love with my family again because I'm, I'm here for, for, I'm able to do God's work with them. And then you begin to dream. Let's put this on the screen. We're going to end with this. You've heard this scripture before, but I think it brings it into context. Ephesians 3.20, this message brings it into context. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly, above what we ask or think. Come on. See, when we look at what we got, we start to get this passion but then we come into this desire. We begin to say, oh my gosh, he can do great things with broken people. He's able to do exceedingly. 
abundantly what we ever ask or even thought. So the big thing, the big thing that you're thinking, he's able to do more. How, do, how many of you believe that he's doing this this year? Why? Because it, it's the glory of God. So this is what I want to challenge you to do in this time, uh, the first time of the year, is begin to enjoy God. Let God rub off on you. Let God rub off on you and who he is. And begin to say, God, the little bit that I have, begin to hover over that little bit and begin to imagine and begin to dream. See, animals can't imagine and dream because they're animals. But you were made in the likeness and in the image of God. God created the heavens and earth. He's a creator. Are you going to create your year? Are you going to create your destiny? Are you going to just let life take its course on you? If you begin to create, say, I just got this little bit, but I'm going to begin to dream about this little bit. See, Genesis 1 says that God hovered over what was nothing. He is an expert of making small things great. I want to, I want to challenge you today. If you can all just stand up. I want to challenge you today. The little bit that you got, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. God wants you to dream over your children. God wants you to dream over your neighbors. God wants you to dream over your workplace. God wants you to dream over your finances. He wants you to dream. He wants you to imagine he's going to be able to do more than you even think this year. How many of you believe that today? He's able to do more. He's able to do more. He's able to do more. Come on, lift your hands right now. The little bit that you got, he's able to do more. He's able to do more. I want us to do something in sequence right now, if you've been seeing God in a certain way, you feel like you have to go to God and you're always heavy when it comes to God, begin to look at him. You're going to begin to see nature and begin to be reminded about who God is. You're going to begin to see people and be reminded about who God is. God is going to begin to show you who he is. I see you laughing with God. I see you enjoying God. I see you crying down the street. I see you I see you so full of joy. Tears come. I see you delighting with God, and it just starts to pour out on people, and and you start to realize, oh, my gosh, the little bit I got, I can use it for people. I can use it for people. This little business that seems like it's in a deficit, God, I'm going to use it for people and for passion and my my purpose, and God's God's going to begin to use it. And God's saying, listen, let's have some fun here. Let's begin to dream. Let's begin to imagine how big do you think I am? How much do you think I can do? How far do you think I can go? And I can tell you this, if you give it in my hands, you put it in my hands, I'm going to bring it further. I'm going to bring it further. I believe today, it's an offering today. We're making an offering to God, not with money, not with finances, but we're putting everything on the altar and saying, God, I want to delight in you. I want to be close to you. I want to see you more than I've ever seen you before. And God, I want to give the little that I have, and I want you to make it great. I want to dream with you in this time. I know that you are going to make it greater than I could ever imagine. Lord, I thank you that this year is a year of joy. This year is a year of peace. Lord, when troubles come, we have the joy of the Lord as our strength. You're in the boat with us, Lord. You're resting with us. You're reclining with us. You're enjoying us. What do we have to fear? 
If you are for us, who can be against us? What circumstance can be against us? If you are for us, God, let us delight in you. Come on, if you've lost that delight with God, I just want you to say, if the distractions has taken you away from your delight, I want you to right now just say, God, I'll push it all away. i push it all away. All the religion, all the things that have kept me. If, if you are in all of things more than your father, come on, he's a good father. He's more than you think he is. He's greater than you think he is right now. Collectively, we repent. We repent for ideas that don't line up to your ideas. Religion instead of relationship. Lord, today, speak to us. Begin to show us who you are so that we begin to know who we are. Quit trying to find yourself. Quit trying to find yourself. Look at him. first part of our year, God. And if we have fallen from our first love, we repent. We say, God, let us be in all of you again, enamored by you. We put distractions aside, and we say this next 21 days, God, we give you anything that you want to take because there's nothing as great as you. You are the greatest. Work in our hearts. Work in our hearts. Work in our hearts. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, I want to lead you into a prayer. Can we do that in the next couple minutes? I don't want you to come to church and not be able to hear the good news that Jesus died for you and he's going after you. He doesn't care what you've done and where you've been. He's going after you. And he's ready for you to ask him into your heart and to change your life because he wants a relationship with you. This is not about a church. This is not about religion. This is not about uh, things. This is about a relationship. You say, today I'm, I'm tired of not having a relationship. I, I want Jesus as my friend. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if we can do it together with the whole congregation, as you close your eyes and bow your heads, let's see, say this together. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I understand that it was my sin that put you on the cross. I repent. I turn away. I believe that you died, that you rose again, and that you're alive today. And today, I make you Lord over my life. I will follow you all the days of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Right now, if you said that prayer, your sins has gone as far as the east to the west. They're no more. It's a clean slate. With nobody looking around, if you said that prayer today, just lift up your hand. Slip up your hand. I see your hands. I see your hands in the side, in the back. I see them all over the room. Lord, I thank you for every person that lifted their hand. Lord, I thank you that you're with them, that you bless them, that they are so rooted in you. Lord, that they can't leave. I thank you, Lord, that they're going to be so um, enamored and fascinated with who you are. Lord, that there is nothing that will compare to your love for them, Lord. I just thank you that you are with them. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody says, come on, can we give God a hand today? Can we give God a shout?
Awesome. Love your neighbor today. Tell him I love you. It's going to be a good year. I'll see you Wednesday night.